Hello and welcome and thank you for joining us on It Is Written Canada. Today we are visiting an amazing community, a, a community that is so close-knit that the crisis of a worldwide pandemic, instead of traumatizing them, became a catalyst, a, a wonderful opportunity for growth. Instead of shutting them down, it, it opened this community up and, and it drew their hearts even closer together and closer to their land and to the heart of their creator. In a moment, we will explore how the people of Wikimkung First Nations on Manitoulin Island in Northern Ontario has been affected by the challenges of the pandemic. Here we are with Scott Fleming at the Wikwemkong unceded territory. And Scott, you are dealing with food distribution yes, during do. this time, right at the beginning. Yeah, right uh, at the beginning. They shut down the border. This, yeah. The border. Yes. And, and what was that like? So, uh, what happened was the chief and council for the protection of the population, because we have a lot of people with existing uh, health conditions mm -hmm. that would probably be, uh, not do well if they were COVID. So, what they did is they shut down the border here. So no one was allowed to leave or enter unless it was for an emergency or they had a, they were got special permission. So we just had one grocery store. So even people that were working could not stock their fridges because we only had one local grocery store that could not keep up with the demand. Yeah. So we started, the chief and council started a food uh, security program mm -hmm. where they purchased food and we gave out care packages. Initially it started out with just about 100 people. Yeah. And it had quickly exploded to about 750 people. So we were doing 1,500 deliveries per month. Wow. So not only did we have to order the food, but we had to store it as well. So we moved to the gymnasium. And then we started building a big inventory because uh, the grocery store could not keep up. Yeah, and, and you, you didn't have people coming in. No, the island was shut down. Yes. So, yeah. yeah. And then we even had trouble getting uh, food supplies from our suppliers because the shortages like toilet paper, right. toothpaste, all of that was uh, in short supply. So we were actually stocking up. The other thing is that our local grocery stores were supplying us, but we didn't want to take stuff off their shelf. Right. So one of the other strategies we adopted was we actually piggybacked on their orders for their wholesaler okay. so we wouldn't take any food off their shelves. Okay. Logistically we had to make sure that we always had food in stock and then we always had emergency cases and then we also supplied meat protein so uh, meat packs were a big uh, hit because a lot of again our grocery store couldn't keep up with right. uh, food supplies so like any other community you heard about the shortages with uh, toilet paper yes which Really, I didn't understand. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think any of us. No, 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 yeah. exactly. So it, it was a great, good opportunity to learn. And, and you had everyone kind of pulling uh, in their resources to help you out, to yes. bag all of these. We had beggars, we had people unloading the trucks, we had drivers, so it was all coordinated. We had uh, spreadsheets, so we had routes all planned out. So yeah. uh, when we first started, we were delivering till eight o'clock at night. Wow. That's how, because we were just so disorganized. Yes. By the end of the, by uh, by the end of June, April, 
Uh, we were we could deliver uh, uh, 400 packages by 11:30 in the morning. We would start at nine and we would have them delivered by 11:30. Yeah. So you got really we, good at it. Yes, we had the routes all planned out. We had drivers assigned so they know our routes, and yeah. uh, we told people what time we were going to be there. So social media was actually a good thing too because they would we would tell them we're starting delivery at nine. Make sure you're home. Um, so yeah. that was one of the things that we had. Was it good for you? I mean, you're you're a business person. You have your own business, but now you're helping your community. Yes. Was that, a, was that a good thing for yes, you? Yes, it really? was a good thing because, yeah. like I said to you earlier, it was good to, you know, wake up in the morning and have some purpose. Yeah. Uh, like any other company, my company had to shut down during the, during the pandemic. So this was a great opportunity for me to work for my community. The COVID-19 pandemic has disrupted our lives in many ways. As economies around the world began to shut down, food security became an issue for many around the world. The World Food Program has identified that approximately 130 million people around this world will be food insecure due to the economic constraints brought on by COVID-19. Here in Canada, we're going from one in eight people before COVID being food insecure, now to one out of every seven Canadians being food insecure. So 126 Andrews Place Road. You get loose like this and uh, go from house to house. Andrew Canada is supporting food banks and food service groups around this country and around the world to be able to meet the needs of those who are suffering during this pandemic. When everything was shut down, now you had an outlet. You were working. I yes. mean, you're you're a hard worker, yeah. and so you couldn't sit at home. No, no, I can't sit. I'm not that type of person. I have yeah. to do something. Yeah. Um, it's okay watching Netflix once in a while, but I couldn't watch sit there for yeah. days and watch Netflix. <laughs> yeah. I would go crazy. So it was great that I uh, uh, enjoyed doing this. Yeah. My wife also got hired. She's a master gardener, so she actually ran the gardening program. Oh. So we both worked here. She ran cool. a gardening program. 250 gardens, she supplied the uh, soil, uh, flower beds, showed people how to plant, gave them seeds, uh, awesome. water tanks, so she did, and then showed them how to can goods. Awesome. So she did all of that. So she's a master gardener. So she was, yeah. so both of us were working in the food, uh, yeah. food sector. So, so you're not just teaching, I mean, you are teaching, you're not just giving away. Yeah. Right, you're actually teaching them how to take care of themselves. Yes, and yes. and that is something that goes way beyond COVID. Yes, right. It's 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 going to build up your community. Yeah, one of the things we want our long-term goal is to start actually a food security department so that people can garden, right. harvest local food, and then use the food bank to supplement their okay. food. Uh, what we were finding was uh, the food care package was meant to supplement people's diet. In some cases, it was their only food supply. Wow. We didn't know that until. People would call us on Monday that they're out of food. We just gave it to you Wednesday, but 
We don't have any money. And one of the things of a lot of our clients were on welfare and you know, the government said, you got to stock up. Yeah. Well, you can't do that when you're on welfare. Where are you going to get the money? Exactly. So they're they're living not paycheck to paycheck. They're living from daily. They're yeah. trying to meet the daily needs. So, yes. when people were shut down in their homes, did you find that just having that contact, someone coming and bringing groceries, yes. was good for them? Oh yes, because some of our drivers, uh, they would return like half an hour late, and I'd say, "Where were you?" And then. <laughs> I said, this guy just kept talking to me and visiting me there, telling me, come in, and we couldn't, and we had to talk, but they, they would talk to people because that was, sometimes that's their only, con especially elders. Even the elders are on social media now, so that kind of helps too because everybody stays informed right. on social media. So I think social media is uh, probably a good, a good thing in this case because yes. it kept people informed, kept people uh, up to date, and people were able to provide comments and feedback. So I'm, I'm thinking about, the the mental health issues of staying locked down yes um did you you know you're a very communal uh people so you you like to connect with each other to to get together and now this has stopped yeah so one of the one of the benefits i guess is a lot of people started going out to we have a lot of trails so we're a large territory so people can go walk in the bush so I was telling some of your colleagues that uh, a lot of people were going out in the bush. We have a lot of quad trails, so a okay. lot of people have side-by-sides. Sure. So we would drive out to South Bay and we would meet about 16 cars okay. just out for a drive in the country because there was nothing else to do. Yes. And we're all locked down. Right. So a lot of people were boating, a lot of people were outside. So it actually, in a way, it probably promoted outdoor uh, recreation, recreation and getting yeah. people more nice. in tune with nature. Nice. And like, like here, we, you can go out for a walk. You're not, yeah. you're not in a confined area. Right. So. So 50 years ago, if COVID happened, nobody would have been hungry here because everybody had gardens, yeah. everybody had pigs, everybody had cows, they were growing their own food, everybody had a root cellar. Okay. Yeah, so there was no welfare, everybody took care of themselves, everybody had farms. So yeah. if COVID happened 50 years ago, it would have been, so what? Yeah, <laughs> right. They wouldn't, maybe they wouldn't have gotten the flour, that stuff, but yeah. they, would have had to, they, would have been, they would have been able to feed themselves. So that's why we've seen the gardening program. Last year, they only had 30 gardeners in the program. This year, they had over 250 gardens. Oh, so we were wow. running off our feed, my wife, supplying soil, seeds, uh, workshops, and nice. how to grow their own food. And we're hoping this continues past COVID because I think with the price of food yeah. and other stuff, it's gonna increase in the future. So I think there's a way to make people more self-sufficient and not rely on the grocery store for their only source of food. Absolutely, yeah. good. So Scott, I want to say miigwech to you, which okay, means, thank you. yeah, thank you. thank you, yeah, and thank you very much for for being with us and for sharing with us what you do here yeah. and uh, and how you've been helping your community. Yeah, and we appreciate uh, your organization for helping us out with the food security and the OAL program. Um, we we really appreciate any contribution or any help we can have as a community. So thank you. You're welcome. Yeah. I'm here with Annette, Scott's wife, who is an avid gardener, and she's been in charge of the gardening project here at Wickham Kung. So Annette, how long have you been doing this? I've been the gardening program coordinator for the community since uh, April of this year. Okay. How many requests did you get for this gardening program this year? Okay, so this year they had uh, 274 uh, requests for gardening assistance which is uh, up from 30 requests last year. That's fantastic. And what kind of requests? Uh, basically, they ranged from uh, everything uh, garden related. So uh, seeds, plowing, um, 
disking, furrowing, um, watering containers, water delivery, uh, pest diagnosis, um, canning supplies, like everything associated with the gardening cycle. So you would get farmers to come in and to do the disking and so how were these requests fulfilled? Like you had farmers and what about the other things? So we hired a farmer to uh, do all the disking and plowing and uh, furrowing and he was the only one that did it and it, he was working day, night, weekends for about a month and a half to get it all done in time for people to plant. So it's amazing. Yeah, he, he worked he worked really hard. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So Annette, how did you learn how to garden? Uh, I grew up, uh, my family gardened all the time, like that's how we lived. So we had uh, cows, pigs, uh, chickens, and we had three gardens and that's what we relied upon for uh, sustenance throughout the year. I think um, over the years, uh, the convenience of the uh, grocery stores and uh, people, I guess uh, they're just kind of naturally lazy anyways and they'll go for the easiest uh, solution, which I think is why uh, gardening hasn't been as popular as it used to be because they don't need they don't rely on it anymore so it's kind of lost that part of your culture has been lost but now you said you got 270 requests so it almost seems like it's been revived again the pandemic really got people thinking uh, about their uh, food security and um, it, this is the first time since I was a kid that I've been able to drive through this community and see like gardens at every second and third house. Like it, it's just, uh, it's amazing the interest that happened here. That's wonderful. And when you say gardens at the house, tell me a little bit about how the family is involved in that gardening. So it, it definitely is, has become a family event. Um, we just did a survey for the program last month and uh, people were saying that uh, it gave them something to keep their minds busy and it gave them something to talk about. So uh, there's definitely a disconnect right now between uh, people like not knowing where their food comes from. And we did have a couple of participants who, it was their first time gardening this year, who said that their children were just amazed that that is where food actually comes from because they didn't even know, they just thought it comes from the grocery store, they've never seen a tomato plant, uh, you know. <laughs> so yeah, it's been an educational experience. That's wonderful. Yeah. And really brought, so this project has really built the community. Yeah. And community is such a big part of your culture and it's just uplifted that. That's so wonderful and so exciting. So, and then thank you so much for being with us today and for sharing what you have done in this community with your gardening project. Miigwech. Hey, miigwech. I'm Chief Duke Pelche, uh, or Gima in our language, and um, I'm the elected representative here in uh, Wequemkong and Sita Territory, and the, the, the role I perform is um, um, leading the community and providing some direction and being the official spokesperson uh, of the decisions of our of our elected council. I've always grew up with the uh, knowledge of this, this our community, Wequemkong and Sita Territory, being a very special and unique place in, uh, in, uh, in this country. So our, our community has uh, always been aware that food security is, in, is one of the main issues that um, we're we're at risk for. Um, 
primarily for a couple of reasons that we're at the end of a road and we're also on an island and uh, the main food distribution centers are, are far, far away. Uh, we were, we immediately began having, having discussions here amongst our own pandemic team and emergency control group uh, members on how to uh, create a food security system so that um, we can provide for the, the nurture, the, the needs of our, of our own community. And one of those programs that uh, we wanted to bring back into uh, our, our people's minds was the, they, they do have the ability to grow their own food. Um, our community had, throughout, throughout history have always been agricultural people here on Manitoulin and uh, planted a number of different crops to, um, to subsidize their, their main, their main uh, source of food, the fish and the waters here. And part of the, one of the programs that we, we wanted to develop was a, a gardening program and uh, uh, mainly raised bed gardens so that everyone can participate. Uh, it's not, they're not too large of uh, plantations. So that's one of the successes that we've seen come from COVID-19 is our, our own people returning back to land-based type activities and, and growing their own food. So if we're gonna look at some of the positives of a pandemic is that um, the, we reintroduced the idea that uh, you can grow your own food and it's probably a great idea to do it in, even if there is no pandemic because it does uh, reduce your own costs and you're getting a, a, a much tastier product and you're gonna enjoy it a lot more because you're the one that uh, did the work with uh, maintaining the garden throughout the summer. The uh, secondary program that we put in place for COVID-19 uh, as part of our food security approach was, was having a food distribution uh, system, terminal if you, if you will. Uh, we hired, um, gave the responsibility to some staff to begin coordinating the ordering of um, uh, transport loads of different goods and, and to begin assembling uh, food care packages so the, they were able to bring in volunteers um, they volunteered to support the food care program and they began uh, packaging everything up in our high school gymnasium and where they were they were creating on a daily basis um, packages that were going to be delivered on a bi-weekly basis to each of the 800 households that uh, were requesting uh, support from the food care program so we're, we're very fortunate that from the, these uh, systems that we put in place here in Wikwamkong that uh, we were able to limit the, the spread of COVID-19 and having an impact here in, in our home and against our loved ones. I was really impressed with the chief and council responding to the pandemic. Like um, it showed that they really cared because I was a recipient of the food boxes. I didn't expect to be treated like that. It was like, wow, somebody really thinking about us, you know? So um, getting the food boxes to me was a big thing. Like I really appreciated it every time that it came in. Really. Um, really give two thumbs up to the chief and council and the rest of the community workers who worked hard like I knew they were at the arena putting these boxes together and 
opening the door, you know, to a knock and then getting this box, it was like right on. Like, you know, I was happy. It, it put a lot of ease on my mind. I didn't have to go to the grocery store and deal with that. I, I try to live positive all the time. It's just the way I was brought up. Like, don't let negativity get you. It'll just bring you down. And uh, us Native people are connected with uh, nature, so we, we have this connection. But I'm glad it continues in this COVID, you know, how we get, our community gets together and uh, keep that vibe alive of giving and caring and, uh, and respecting. Before COVID, we're, we were already close. But now that uh, we're in this situation, it comes out, it comes out more. We really respect our elders. Like, like me, I don't feel like wearing a mask. You know, it bothers me. It bothers me. I don't want moan, but I don't want to get an elder sick. No, nobody wants to do that. So, so don't take any chances. Like, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, I rarely go out. I just stay home and make sure everybody's safe. And uh, once, if everybody could do that for a while and get rid of this COVID, we could get back to normal as soon as possible because things are gonna get worse. But not for us. <laughs> I mean, like, uh, we're a community. We're, like, it will get bad, but uh, luckily we have our community to keep us strong. That's, that's the way, that's, that's how we're gonna overcome this COVID. If you see something, somebody in need would help, and that's the kind of people we are. I'd like our people to realize that there's more to you than that, because our ancestors developed a communication and existence with nature that we all have, that we have to gain back. And if we have all that, all that in play with our spirituality and all this, you won't even see anybody hating anybody. You won't even see anybody arguing. You won't even see, you just, I'll respect you as a being. Us First Nation people are like that. And I, and it shows in, in Wakamakong that we're like that. And all of us should be like that. Not just First Nations, all of us. Uh, my name is Kevin Wasagizik. I'm Director of Operations for Wikumko. Uh, the pandemic um, in our community has, has been challenging. Uh, it's been a lot of work, um, but fortunately we've had tremendous support from the overall community, which has uh, been um, perhaps the main reason that we've continued to remain uh, to safe and healthy. Uh, from a, a personal perspective, again, some, some change needed. Um, you know, individual habits that you uh, that you have to change, and you know, even today, you walk into the grocery store, walk into the gas station, and remember to grab your mask. You know, you get right to the door, and you have to turn around, run back to the car, and and grab your mask. So, definitely, has been an adjustment. Uh, but again, uh, in the community, in the community as a whole, I um, I think everybody's done a great job. I see a lot more people in our community out for a walk, out for a bike ride. You see families out doing things together where. Prior, when we were busy, being busy, perhaps um, uh, it forced us to, you know, to, you know, you gotta close in a bit, and um, so I see a lot more, uh, a lot more things like that that uh, that are beneficial. I think it's been a, a good reflection of our of our community, um, you know, for for generations, for centuries, 
Anishinaabek uh, indigenous people have had to innovate. That's why we're still here. And so this has just been another challenge for us to, to innovate. Wanted to say Chimiwech, thank you very much to, um, to, to ADRA as, as a collective, to the individuals that help make ADRA a reality. Um, we very much value the, the support and contributions from ADRA and um, you know, continue to look forward to a very uh, mutually beneficial relationship. Miigwech. We at ADRA Canada were very honored and privileged to participate and uh, partner with the Wikwemkong First Nations community here on Manitoulin Island, the world's largest freshwater island. Given the outbreak and pandemic of COVID-19, we were able to respond and work together with them to provide emergency response assistance funds that help them to meet the dire food needs in their community. This was so helpful that it was reported that over 800 families were assisted uh, with food bags and supplies that were most needed where food access was very limited and very expensive. We were just so excited to see the amount of people that were being helped. If you'd like to find out more about what we do or even support us, visit us at adra.ca. Thank you for your continued prayers. To see beyond the apparent negative consequences of a crisis such as a pandemic takes a very exceptional community. And the people of the Wikwemkung First Nation on Manitoulin Island here in beautiful northern Ontario is such an exceptional community. Their outlook reflects the truth that we find throughout the Bible that God can enable us to bring the best out of any bad situation. The Bible also encourages you to count it all joy when you fall into trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. So let's take a moment right now to ask our Creator, our great Creator, our God, to provide for us this kind of optimistic outlook. Let's pray. Oh Lord, you are the Creator of heaven and earth and we, we want to thank you for the positive example of the people of the Wikwemkung First Nation here on Manitoulin Island, here in beautiful Northern Ontario, who worked together to create innovative solutions to face this major challenge. We rejoice because their example has taught us that even when we face challenges, we can grow, we can develop resiliency, endurance, community and character. And Lord, we ask you to pour your love into our heart to the Holy Spirit, who you have given to us in the name of Jesus, our Creator and Redeemer, we pray. Amen. Friends, when you are in a crisis, you want to be able to face it with confidence. And today we would like to offer you a free special edition of Signs of the Times entitled Facing the Crisis with Confidence. So get out a pen, piece of paper, or take a picture with your smartphone of the information that you will need to receive today's free offer, Facing the Crisis with Confidence. Friends, we would also like to invite you to follow us on Instagram and Facebook and subscribe to our YouTube channel and also listen to our podcasts. 
And if you go to our webpage, you can see our latest programs, including our exercise workouts called Experiencing Life, and our short spiritual messages entitled Daily Living. They are all there for you to watch free of charge whenever you choose because we want you to experience the life-transforming truth found in the words of Jesus when he said, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Thank you for listening today. If you would like to watch a video of this podcast, please visit iiw.ca or you can go to our IIW Canada YouTube channel and click on the videos tab. Once again, thank you so much for listening.